Good afternoon and welcome to Learn Some Series with me, Kim Britz, proudly powered by leadershipbydesign.co, leading the charge with insights, information, and ultimately effective results. Joining me as per usual on marketing and leadership segment, uh, marketing and communications expert, Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? Kevin, I'm great, thank you. Yeah, good to be chatting today on our second show for 2024. Um, we did, however, start the show sort of a week later than the year before, Hence us being at the end of January already, which in, in reality is a bit of a reality check. Can you believe it? We've gone <laughs> through the first month of the year already, Kevin. What What's funny, though, is I've, I've seen so many memes and so many people commenting on like, um, January's felt like six weeks long already. <laughs> it's true. It, it feels like it's an enormously long month. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to be moving into February and finally getting, it, it feels like the, it's sort of ticking over into a, a whole new uh, movement, I, I feel. But I mean, you're really busy and it's like you're doing some exciting stuff, Greg. That's so exciting. Yeah, wow. Kevin, yeah, gosh, it's, it's nice just unreal. Um, the, the, the year has started. Uh, with it with a bank for me and on on two two project opportunities and one is all consuming at the moment a really great big brand a campaign launch coming up in the next few weeks um yeah it's watch watch the space can't can't share anything about it but really really exciting it is uh, ever pulling us the entire team in at least 18 hours a day at the moment but phenomenal I'm looking forward to the brand launch. It's going to be really exciting. And I've just been immersed in this amazing mix of my good media industry folk and, and you know, getting getting that camaraderie going again. It was just absolutely fantastic. I, I was thinking about it. I was going to mention it to you this morning that, uh, you know, it's when you're working on big projects like this, you know, you can't really say anything to anyone because it's, you know, it's it's confidential. But just the fact that there's such a proud moment when you get to work on really big brands. You know, I always find like, oh, man, this is this is fantastic. It's a fantastic feeling to be part of something so so major right yeah it, it yeah you're right kevin thanks for that and and for me a great honor to be asked by the respective it's a global media agency with great presence in south africa and said please come in and and bring your expertise to a particular stream of the business which is one of the leading channels that that really is being utilized so i'm i'm quite delighted and very happy to to have this opportunity Fantastic. I love it. Craig, so last week we reviewed the GWIs Connecting the Dots 2024 Consumer Trends Report. One of the key learnings for me is that the boomer generation are doing more scrolling and shopping than <laughs> any of the younger generations. With that, uh, uh, what are we going to be uh, covering today in today's um, communications team? Kevin, yeah, just watching your your smile when you when you referenced the boomers, because most definitely that was a a fantastic insight uh, last last week, and really getting to see how boomers are influencing cross generations. So good up on them. Uh, today, I want to discuss some of the key trends highlighted in Cantal Media's 2024 Media Trends and Predictions Report, Kevin. And as you know, Cantal is definitely one of my favorite contact source, at least. Uh, um, content sources. Um, I, I want to open the conversation by quoting Patrick Behar, who's Cantor Media's recently appointed global CEO for media. Um, Patrick opens the editor's note with the following. We find ourselves in an, at an inflection point in our industry, marked by political and economic uncertainties, shifts in consumer behavior, 
and accelerated technological advancements. He goes on to note that we live in an era where data is plentiful, almost overwhelmingly so. But it's not just the volume of data that matters. Take note of this. It's how effectively we harness it to make meaningful and timely decisions. And really, the report dives into, into that particular proposition. Quite a, quite a technical uh, array of content in this particular uh, report, Kevin. So I'm going to try and, you know, there'll be some, some, some heavy lifting in, in the direct references of the opening sections for each of the trends, but I just want to try and make it more conversational once, once I've done the intro uh, to each of the paragraphs. Yeah. The trend looks at, at five specific, at least the report looks at five specific trends, and, and these are noted as follows. So trend one is macroeconomics, micromedia strategy. And, and here it's about markets are experiencing rapid shifts in the economic indicators, but the effects aren't uniform. Who are the economic winners? and what are the impacts on media consumption. Trend two is to the future and around the world. It's about evolving audience preferences and shifts in content consumption, something we picked up on last week, particularly around the boomers aspect, um, intertwined with the industry's push to monetize and measure, highlighting a market undergoing dynamic transformation. And I think measure and effectiveness really is the key, the key take out in this particular aspect. Um, trend three is eye of a storm. And, and at no other point have brands faced so many unique challenges all at once. Only insight and adaptation can help them navigate such turbulent times. Really, really important to a trend. Trend four is eye of a storm technology, game changes and false storms. Um, dive deep into a year of incredible advances, cautionary tales, and the balance of technology's promise against its pitiful per perils. And obviously, AI plays a, a key role in this aspect. And then trend five is strengthening the signal audiences in high definition. By adopting more advanced strategies, businesses are supercharging their data and enriching the understanding of audiences, but that's not without challenges. And obviously, the, the whole aspect of um, Privacy um, is, is is a key driver in in that trend. So so let's yeah let's jump straight into into the the report and you know have a have a good look at at starting with trend one. Macroeconomics, micromedia strategy. So Kevin, here we know that markets are all experiencing rapid shifts in economic indicators, and as we noted, you know the 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 um, indicators aren't uniform. So so. Page five of the trend is inflationary pressure continues, but with nuanced effects. And, and I think the important thing here is, is really to understand that inflation is suppressing media appetites and particularly subscriptions, Kevin, and subscriptions being the pay on, 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 on demand thing. So a reference here is paragraph one states that despite two or two, three's economic shifts, many video on demand platforms have continued to increase subscription prices. And we're seeing that not just with the likes of Netflix, but we're seeing that in South Africa with Showmax X being introduced and some of the other channels and platforms really needing to try and substantiate their existence on the back predominantly of a non-advertising uh, platform. It's been really hard and therefore needing to bring in some of those advertisers. This trend is, I have expected, to continue, Kevin. Um, and at the same time, with the percentage of consumers cancelling their subscriptions, 
this has also increased substantially. The UK market, for instance, um, video on demand subscriptions cancellation stood at 9.9% in the second quarter of 2022. But by 2023, that figure had risen to 14%. Um, and what the reports are showing us that this is a similar trend in, in all markets. Interestingly, there's a really great chart on, on page six, um, which says how consumers prioritize their spending in a crisis. So, yeah, what are your thoughts relative to if an unexpected expense event occurred in your life, which of the following would you prioritize if you could only select one? So I'll, I'll give a reference point to, to the seven or eight that are, that are referenced here, and I'd love to know what, what your reaction would be to this. So firstly, what are folk going to prioritize? It's really great to see that the number one by a long way, 38% is they're going to prioritize, prioritize savings and investments. Secondly, interestingly, they're going to prioritize their outings, hobbies, and eating out, 22%. Thirdly, folk would prioritize holidays and short breaks. Fourth is technology, including purchase of laptops, smartphones, tablets, etc. Fifth is clothes, way down the line, good. Sixth is beauty, makeup, and hair care. Seventh, online subscriptions, services like Netflix and Amazon, as I mentioned. And the last priority would be newspapers, books, CDs, DVDs. So really, most importantly, focusing with the financial means to sustain themselves moving forward would be their key priority. What, what, what would your thoughts be on that list? Yeah, well, I, I think this, this list, you know, speaks to exactly what I'm currently focused on currently. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's spot on. I think, you know, with the world crisis and the, the, the inflation rates and, and what the world's sort of going through at the moment, saving and investments have never been as important as it currently is. Um, uh, and simply eating out, you know, it's eating out is easy and it's, you know, it's convenient, um, but it's expensive. And if you do that on, you know, on a regular basis, I've, I've just found, you know, uh, because I'm now single and, you know, live alone and I kind of go, uh, I don't need a lot to get by in a day, you know, so you, you can have a sandwich, you can have like something really small. So um, if I do eat out, it, you know, I make an occasion of it so that it becomes, you know, a, a nice uh, moment. Um, and also you know, holidays and short breaks. Um, for me, that's like third priority. Absolutely, I would I would completely agree with this list. I think, I mean, clothes for me, clothes you can even bring further down the line. I'm like, you know, I look after my clothes and I make sure that when I buy stuff, they it lasts for a long time. So yeah, I think this list is applicable in in many areas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I very much subscribe to it as well. And and those obviously are the key salient. Uh, um, areas of prioritizing spend and, and engagement here. Just two, two or three paragraphs from, from this particular proposition here. There's a key, key insight in that media consumption differs by market, which obviously we would expect. But, but really a, a point that, that stood out for me is that cultural values are also affecting content preferences, emphasizing the need for market-influenced advertising strategies. So the, the global mandate of roll out your brand and roll out the advertising strategy really is a thing of the past where the nuances of, of the deep dive understanding of the cultural nuances of the region are impacting those strategies and recognizing these regional nuances and enhancing audience measurement systems is now important to ensure 
effective strategies can continue to be crafted in those respective regions. But I think what's, Craig, I mean, like it, it, it comes off the back of last week's conversation, looking at, you know, <laughs> baby boomers kind of being the ones on TikTok <laughs> and scrolling more than, you know, any other generation. So, I mean, it, I think the cultural values and the values of society are shifting to a large degree and brands are paying attention to that, which is quite cool. Yes, absolutely. The, the, other, the other sort of headline area focus here is that business models keep evolving. And, and two, two pieces that, that are important to understand is that the key strategies is, is the evolution of native video on demand platforms. And these are guiding audiences towards more affordable ad supported options. And you know, if, if you just look at the YouTube subscription model at the moment as well, there is absolutely incredible content at a very cheap entry point. Evidence also suggests that the models could generate higher total revenue per user. And this is the great point for, for brands operating in that space is enhancing profitability for the streaming platforms. And I think the, the, the reality in South Africa, um, Showmax has really got to understand the, the, the depth of engagement with their audience in, in the platform. And they brought in some new channels. They've really improved the look and feel, a nice new brand. Uh, um, a feel to it as well, slight increase in, in subscription, but definitely the streaming platform is, is the focus. And, and the shift towards more ad-supported streaming broadens the choices for audiences, <clears throat> excuse me, and opens many more uh, revenue streams for platforms. Meanwhile, broadcasters and networks with a long-standing expertise in, in advertising may find it easier to incorporate and sell ads than those for whom advertising is a new specialism. Yes, really good point. Uh, yeah, streaming platforms who have got good traction and quite a broad audience reach, you've never had the need to or ability to to integrate advertising into the content structure is, is really going to be something that they'll grapple with for a little while. But it's, it is essential to ensure the, the sustainability of those particular platforms. Kevin, then you know, moving on to the next section, the, the question is what's next in 2024, particularly for, for this uh, trend. And video on demand success will be uneven. Um, as, as, as inflation recedes, markets will stabilize. And it is going to be quite a while before we see inflation recede. I, th I think not, not really leveling before the end of this year. Um, but, but markets will stabilize. And for streaming platforms, it's a recalibration of the mix of subscriptions and their ad-funded options, Kevin. Deeper regional insights will dictate these global strategies for streaming businesses to truly thrive in the, surf, the, the, the surface level knowledge won't cut it anymore. Um, they really have to take a deep dive into understanding what the audience's attitudes are towards the, the content and what the actual viewing habits are. And we're definitely seeing a, a, a change in viewing habits and both within and beyond the content of their own platforms. And this will evolve not just understanding what content resonates, but also how it should be priced and the most effective ways to market it. And again, the established streaming platforms definitely have the advantage in this regard. The key takeout here, companies need to mold their offerings from content curation to pricing and promotional tactics to fit the distinctive features of each region's landscape, Kevin. Craig, I mean, just on that point, um, I was just reading it as well. And, and you know, if you look at that, um, it really does give, give uh, the the brands and marketing 
a really beautiful positioning to really uh, curate exactly what that environment needs. If they do actually pay attention to, you know, what the, what the region's landscape looks like, what the values of that, you know, of that culture looks like, and really speaks to that, um, it's almost like a, a blueprint of what the success could be for your 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 marketing strategy. Absolutely, and and this is the importance of of the likes of media agencies being brought into really helping drive these particular strategies and and moving away from just the you know the the, the in-house marketing department trying to understand what what those personas look like and things like that but it really is it's a deep dive with high cost because these technologies uh, are required and, and there's quite a broad range of research parameters that have to go into really understanding those nuances kevin Key, key again, though, is, is that if you look at the next section of page eight, is that segmentation will refine audience targeting. And, and again, this goes beyond just, you know, the, the, the use of third party data and cookies, which obviously are, are well on their way out here. So the paragraph notes following amid widening wealth gaps in developed nations, advertisers will pray, place greater emphasis on segmentation, giving them varying impacts of macroeconomic trends on consumer segments. Certainly a continuous a continuation of the cost of living crisis, even if it's less severe means demographics alone won't suffice. Instead, a deeper understanding of the specific audience's behaviors and preferences will be paramount, making enhanced segmentation indispensable. And as, as the economic challenges you know, advance and, and other world events, another war breaking out, things like that, those are immediate impacts and traction points on changing consumer behavior and habits given so yeah the 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 the, the big headline take out on this particular point is that a deeper understanding of specific audience behavior and preferences will be paramount but what's really interesting is um <clears throat> there's a, there's a wonderful chart that that actually looks at attitudes to the ad funded models and it looks at at a broad spectrum of countries in South Africa is referenced in there, which is really great. And and the question posed to to the uh, um, in in the report was, I would be happy to put up with advertisers if my TV stroke video streaming subscription was cheaper. Um, the most the most uh, um, prevalent here was Nigeria. Seventy seven percent noted that they really want cheaper um, streaming rates. Yeah. Nigeria, India, Indonesia, and the Philippines have a high propensity to use the free ad-funded uh, um, video-on-demand platform, so they don't mind the disruption in their viewing behavior, whereas moving down the ranks, folks really want to eliminate uh, advertising. You're sitting at the bottom, which is really much more utilization of paid uh, um, streaming to eliminate advertising would be the Australia, Switzerland, Denmark, Netherlands. But interestingly, South Africa comes in at, at, at position number nine on this particular chart where 62% of respondents noted they would be happy to put up with advertising in their TV or video streaming if the subscription was cheaper. You know, and I'm, I'm using a lot of YouTube at the moment and it is filled with advertising at key moments. And you know what, you do get to a point where you actually just get comfortable with it. And then again, if it's targeted and, and really honed in on, on right advertising, you get even more comfortable with it. I'm with the Netherlands, Craig. I'm like, no, please, I can't. Yeah, you know, you, you get used to the behavior of 
clicking the skip button when you've had your first five, six seconds of, of engagement. Um, yeah. The, the, the next sort of key focus area is content goes back to the future and around the world. It's on page 10 here. And, and the, the, the subset here was evolving audience preferences and shifting content consumption intertwined with the industry's push to monetize and measure highlights the market undergoing dynamic transformation. So, so the real understanding for these trends is from a stake to evergreen thinking. Um, what we see here is that we know that 2023 is going to be referenced as an important year for the entertainment industry. You're an entertainer, Kevin. You saw the impact of um, AI, particularly on the script side. You, you're in the, on, on, the, on the music side of the industry. Yeah, had a had a big, devastating impact on release of movies, ground ground Hollywood to a halt. Rightly so, rightly so, from, from my opinion. Um, and I think there, there's been a, a good medium ground here, which, which this particular um, topic is, is picking up on. What, what are your thoughts around that? Well, I think it's I think it's important to note, Craig, because I you know I remember the Hollywood went on that that um, the writers' strike, um, and they it was quite it was a couple of months that they just stopped working, and yes. no TV shows, uh, no series, um, you know, actually had writers, and people had to you know I was watching some guests or, or some hosts. Uh, on on certain ch American shows, kind of going, guys, we don't have any writers right now, so we're just making it up as we go. Um, and I think it's it's prevalent because you know it's you know where's the fine line between uh, you know just quickly throwing together some kind of content uh, you know from an AI's perspective, or where do you use that uh, AI, a human intelligence to kind of support? Um, but also you know it 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 makes you think that you know times are changing and and the world's evolving so what as a writer how do you how do you stay uh, you know relevant and that's the, there's a very fine line there so, so I, I i want to focus on this particular uh, topic for a, for a while yet you know and, and one of the headlines that jumps out in the report is that there's no single formula for creating successful content in a streaming world and you yeah. know it, it, it directly in response to, to, to the right to strike. Um, it also gave pause to consider an interesting question. And this is really an interesting question, Kevin, under the um, From a Strike to Evergreen Thinking subset here. It is, should content strategies always be about creating something new? Yeah. Timeless classics like Friends and, and The Office US continue to capture audiences, be it through linear broadcasts or in, or on demand. Meanwhile, archive franchise content, including Pixar, Marvel, James Bond, and Lucas Films, is being given a new life as the bedrock of themed, fast ad-supported streaming channels. And that's a really, really important uh, um, aspect because you are going to see more and more dedicated content channels that are looking at historic uh, um, releases. And and you know the opportunity is to create really great content libraries, well categorized and, and and listed. And it's wonderful to be able to go and reflect over a you know a, a good movie that triggered a, a great moment in your life some time ago. And know that it's easily accessible, either free or at very very little cost to to revisit. It also opens up two avenues of streaming, Craig. So you know. In time, there could be a Netflix AI and a Netflix human, 
where <laughs> d- depending on what you want to be watching, uh, you know, do you want to watch, you know, which categories are better, AI or human kind of scripts? You know, so it's it's going to be interesting, you know, what the future holds. Yeah, absolutely. And the, we spoke about travel last week as well. And, you know, one of the the great must-do lists, uh, things on my list is always to travel. So, but here's here's an interesting statement around that. So the persistent appeal of, of such content potentially signals the direction of travel for media owners, tapping into the powerful draw of evergreen nostalgia to chart their future course. And really, how do you bring back those great moments of travel experience repackaged to create a new appeal to two different segments in, in, in the market there. Kevin, commissioning content, new content is becoming riskier for all the reasons we've spoken about, but take note here. In 2023, the success of various streaming shows highlighted the unpredictable nature of content production, with smaller budget shows offering offer, often, gosh, tongue-tied, often achieving similar, if not greater, transaction um, and higher budgets transaction, then higher budgets, higher profile commissions. We definitely see this. They are boutique studios, they are boutique production crews and writers who are creating really unique small budget shows that are resonating. They've understood the audience needs, desires, and and wants, and they've created this content to, to, to meet that particular wish. And they're shooting the lights out, Kevin. Something that we need to be doing with the show that we are looking to produce. <laughs> and and that talks to the point that I referenced earlier, that there, there isn't a single formula for creating successful content in, in the streaming world. Adapting to the precarious landscape, platforms are streaming, are strategically spreading their bets, curating diverse content lines up. This will accelerate the trend towards global video-on-demand platform commissioning, non-use US drama content as they look for the next Squid Games. Certainly, there's a growing appetite for non-English language content, with Netflix's own figures showing, take note, a 90% increase over the last three years in the non-English language content that's consumed. And then, you know, coming out of of the Hollywood strike, I think a, a really good signal here is that cinema does return and with some unlikely help and and i like this because yeah, cinema for me is the entire theatrical experience is the escapism I, I i really am a big cinema fan often during prolonged closures during the pandemic audiences are once again returning to cinemas major blockbuster releases such as top gun maverick barbie and oppenheimer have played a key role here in reigning in audiences um the, the atmosphere is another audience draw enhanced with the advent of state-of-the-art technologies like IMAX and Dolby Atmos, which have transformed movie watching into a true awe-inspiring experience. And I wanted to pick up on this paragraph in particular because I went and watched um, the Top Gun Maverick in one of the experiences with the large IMAX screen with the all-surround uh, sound and you know the large comfort recliner seats. And it was just the most incredible experience you you felt you were drawn into into the movie the audio was just at its absolute best as well have you have you watched any of those movies referenced and have you gone and had any of those immersive immersive experiences Kevin? yeah i'm a i'm a complete movie goer if i if i wasn't doing what i did now i would be a movie critic uh, oh wow 
<laughs> yeah, I I get really sucked into you know um, cinematography and the, the you know the, what the director is trying to tell you through the lens of how he's shooting. You know, and uh, I mean, even Oppenheimer that you mentioned, you know, the way that he, that the director actually shot the the entire movie, um, it was very very specific. Um, you know, and uh, also the, the the director of Barbie, the way she did it. So you know, for me, um, the way stories are told uh, in cinema is is unbelievably important. Uh, but it also speaks to the, the, you know um, the types of content that people are you know engaged with and and really love. And you know, I, I watch the Oscars, for example, when they're coming up, and, and who's being nominated. And you know, in my head, I'm kind of going, well, are they worthy? Are they have they really met the criteria? Because I am, and you know, it's um, I love cinema. Cinema is a big thing for me. Me too. It's great to know. So, so jumping to to sort of the encapsulation of of that particular trend, um, they they was asked the question, you know, what's next in twenty twenty four for for that trend? So, key years is adapting to multi platform consumption. In twenty twenty four, it won't just be about having content available in various platforms or on various platforms, Kevin. It'll be about harnessing the power of those platforms effectively, and as audiences continue to consume content across. This, this this linear streaming and and range of different devices, the key imperative here will not merely be to reach them, but really to understand how to measure and monetize their their viewing behavior. Kevin, back to the future with library content that speaks directly to the point of of you know uh, catalogs of, of of historical content. The the 2023 years production pause caused the writers and actors strike. It could have a significant impact on the content in 24. It will almost certainly promote a deeper look into domestic archives and, and, and domestic being important here because it talks to the regional aspects with the goal of using existing content to fill the production gaps. Additionally, the production break is likely to increase the presence of non-US content on global platforms in 2024. Always a great thing while unscripted content is also expected to be more prevalent due to its easier production process. And this is directly linked to the likes of you know, where user-generated content really becomes prevalent, the TikToks, the short form, you know, spreading content pieces over a period of time together to create a mini-series, really something that's going to drive the future. The, the hybrid future of live broadcasting, on-demand viewing communities, definitely going to gain traction, yet the lure of linear viewing will remain strong, um, notably for major events like the 2024 Paris Olympics, even the likes of the current AFCON football that I've been watching, linear viewing. These moments will be un will underscore the communal magic that on-demand streaming often can't match and will continue to deliver peak linear viewing. And picking up on last week's point here, when, when, when we spoke about sport-focused content in the GWI uh, um, Joining the Dots report is through that linear viewing, the immediacy of opportunity to take that long form content and then repackage it in short form pieces to bring out those key highlight moments, the goal of the day, the goal of the week, the save of the day, etc. And really getting to understand the nature of, of what that live broadcasting can bring into a repackaged content. And then the last year, Kevin, is expanding definitions of success through cross-platform data, and data is, is critical. Um, as the media landscape evolves, so do the parameters defining success. And with a growing number of metrics available, the benchmarks for evaluating a show's success are set to adapt. 
program owners and distributors will emerge or leverage data in new ways, integrating ratings data with first-party user metrics. This fusion will enable platforms, content owners, and distributors to assess the total lifespan and broader impact of their programs. And then the last point here goes back to, to regionalization is regional content's global appeal. In 2024, streaming businesses are predicted to focus more on localization as well as bringing relevant local content to global audiences as part of their global growth strategies, Kevin. Fantastic, Greg. I know that uh, we, we cut for time here right now. So guys, so if you want to check out the media trends and predictions from Cantor 2024, uh, check out the description box below and uh, you can find the link in the description box. Uh, the QRT for today is discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. And that's from Jim Rohn. And uh, please remember to like, share and tune into the Lunchtime series every, every week, Wednesdays and Thursdays for more. From myself and Craig, have a fantastic week. Chat to you soon.